This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of the Stacey West podcast. As always, I'm Ben, joined by Gary. How are you, my good man? Indifferent. Indifferent. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's always the day after a defeat is a bit, you always feel a little bit meh, don't you? Um, yeah, no one likes to lose, and there were so many positives you can take from it, but we didn't score more goals than the opposition. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, we've we've been in that situation before, where the opposition manager saying we were the better team, we've had it, you know, we had more of the game, and then nine times out of ten, we'll sit there and go, "Well, were you really?" Because you know, we scored more, and ultimately, that's what it's about. But I think uh, we'll we'll come on to MK uh, in a little while. But first off, um, we might as well jump straight into it and uh, go over. Uh, what was a bit of a rout on Saturday of, uh, well, let's face it, a poor South End team um, that I think when we did the League One predictions, I think we both um, we both kind of pinned them as as relegation fodder, um, and it, it showed on Saturday, if I'm honest, apart from the first half an hour where they actually looked like they started to play some decent stuff um, and hit the post. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a threat there. I think when we got the first goal, you said it in the in the in the blog post. You know, as soon as that goal went in, their heads dropped, and and the game was won. Um, so yeah, I mean, your your sort of take on on the first half on Saturday, and then ultimately the well, the emphatic win as it was. A little bit different to you, actually, because I don't think that they were as bad as as some teams that we've seen. And when I say things like I don't think they were as bad as some teams that we saw last season, obviously, you know, that was League Two and this is League One. Um, But if you actually look at the passing stats, we made more or less the same amount of passes with more or less the same accuracy as well. 
Um, so I thought they moved the ball around relatively nicely, Southend. What they didn't have was a focal point to their attack. They didn't have um, two key positions for me, uh, which is the player at the top who's going to make things happen, a Jack Payne style. Because if they'd got a Jack Payne, I think that the likes of, of Charlie Kelman or Simon Cox could have caused us problems. Cox was hungry and wanted to get shots off. Um, and at the back, yeah. uh, they, they didn't have uh, a leader at the back either. And and when, you know, for me, that was the difference. But we were, you know, that's enough about them because this isn't a Southend podcast. It's a Lincoln podcast, um, apparently. And hmm. uh, and we, well, I thought we were ruthless when we needed to be. I thought we were patient. Uh, I thought we showed some wonderful build-up play in the first half hour as well because, you know, we talk about that first half hour. It was very even, Stephen. There was no better side. They hit the post, but but we were a threat as well. Um, but we kept doing the same things. And, and I know that, that famous people say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. But in actual fact, it wasn't for us because we kept doing the same thing and not scoring, knowing that one eventually we were going to score. You know, it's like if... If you're a policeman trying to break down a drug dealer's door and you hit it once and it doesn't come down, you don't go, mm, well, we'll rethink this strategy. You keep going until it does, um, which is what we did. And I thought up until we'll go up to half time and then I'll pass back over to you. Um, I thought uh, we were very good in the final 15 minutes of the first half. I thought it was a good header that got us into the, ga- uh, into the game. And I thought that Jason Shackle played very well on his return, which gave Danny some some headaches, which we'll no doubt talk about in a bit. Uh, I thought Toff's goal was fortunate. And on second or third look, I'm not so sure that it was. Uh, because from where I was, I... I was sat, it looked to me like it bobbled away from him. It bounced off a defender back to his feet and he swept it in. But looking at it uh, again and again, as I have done, because, you know, I don't have anything better to do, uh, it actually looks like a, it looks like a one, two almost with Jack Payne. And I'm, I'm, I wondered whether my Payne might actually get the assist for it. And, and the thing is, be mm. honest, at two nil, the game was over. We, yeah, we were saying the other week how we haven't lost a game from being two nil up. Um, under Danny and Nicky, to my knowledge. We haven't lost a game from being 3-0 up since going away to Barnet when you were probably still writing on the wall in Crayon. Um, and I don't know if that's... <laughs> that <was just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and so, obviously, you know, we, we came out after half-time uh, and bish-bash-bosh, Tyler Walker opens his account and it's game over, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. It was... Um, I think you... From where I'm sat, I think the the goal, like Toff's goal, um, first off, yeah, Shackles' header was was fantastic. He just managed to take the right amount of pace off it to to loop it over the keeper, and I loved his celebration as well, lying on the ground and just both arms up. It's like, oh yeah, he knows he's got it. There we go. Um, but yeah, I think Toff's goal at the time, I wondered how much he knew about it because, um, like you say, it, I, I didn't think it had bobbled around. I, I did see the sort of little link up between him and Payne, but it almost looked to me like he was on his, like it looked like Toff had sort of stumbled and swung a leg at it and, and managed to get it in the bottom corner. But from, um, from the replays and stuff, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And it's actually a really, really clever finish. Um, when it's you, actually, when it, it. it's a Jack Payne assist. I've just checked it up, checked on Y scout. Yeah. Um, and they've given it to Jack Payne. So yeah, it, it was actually a phenomenally good goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it was a really yeah, like I said. It, it, now that it's now that I've had the time to look back on it, I think he knew what he was doing, and it, it was a really really clever finish. Um, then uh, yeah, second half. Um, I think I don't know if they're going to 
Bill Southend for the um, for the, the damage to the turf that was caused by their defender when he brought Tyler Walker down. I don't think there was any doubt that it was a penalty. It was a really, really clumsy tackle. Um, like I say, he put a huge hole in the turf where his knee went, I think it was. And um, yeah, Walker, calm as you like taking it, but straight down the middle with a bit more pace than uh, we're used to seeing on our penalties from, from Big John. Um, and then, yeah, wrapped up really, really nicely um, with with the uh, with the fourth. And I think it was just, it, it was one of those games when we really did start to, well, you know, the, the old saying is 4-0 and we took the piss. I think it was exactly that towards the end. Obviously, everyone was shouting LA as they putting the passing moves together. Um, and I think anyone that's, that's still got this idea in the head that we're long ball Lincoln needs to have a look at that fourth goal because the the play from from everyone involved was just brilliant. I think you had Payne putting it through to Akindi, who then I think was there do you play a one two with him there and then you know threaded it Big through job. to Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good um really good move and a, a you know, really decent finish as well from Bruno with his uh, with his right foot. And I think um a lot of talk's been made about, you know, whether oh, did he celebrate? Did he celebrate it? Of course he did. Um, and I think we'll, at some point we will touch on, um, we will touch on Bruno because I know I was one that said I would be very surprised if you started the season with us. Um, but I don't think there's anything to worry about personally at the minute. I think he's, um, he's just frustrated that he's not playing and, and he's, uh, he seems to be internalizing a little bit of that. And obviously he's, uh, he's gotten into a bit of a, um, a slanging match with Bozzy before, and I think he's he's supposedly disappearing down the tunnel quite quickly as well. I personally think it's nothing to be worried about. I think he's just maybe internalising some of the uh, some of the pressure, and he's he's saying, right, well, I need to get back into the team. How do I do it? And maybe he's just overthinking it. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're touching on the goal. Sorry, I'll cut you off there. I didn't mean to, but at the end of the day, um, no, that's fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with regards to the goal, I thought it was the pick of the bunch. Um, let's mm, not under yeah. understate John Akindi's um, input in that. You know, he's, he's done phenomenally well uh, to bring the ball forward. He's played a neat one-two with with Jack Payne. He's threaded it through to Bruno. It, it was as good as I've seen John in a move, I think, probably since Exeter last year, you know, and I, I, we've mm. seen John do a lot of good stuff. We've seen, you know, the, there was, I think he, he helped Bruno get the goal at MK Dons away last year. Um, yeah. But for me, that that was the John Akindi that I kind of remember from Barnet, you know, creator as well as, uh, as, well as, as a goal scorer. Um, mm. When it comes to the celebration, I actually thought he did. I, I just think when you score the fourth goal of a route, um, in in like eight minutes left, you don't celebrate it. Not unless you're the American women's team who are the most distasteful group of footballers <laughs> I've ever seen. And, and that's nothing to do with gender. It's just to do with people being wankers. Um, <laughs> it is. Sorry, it is. Do you know what I mean? I, that yeah, Megan, I, I know this is a Lincoln City podcast, but that Megan Rapino is, is that what her name is? And I've yeah, seen yeah. her with a trophy. Sorry, we're digressing a little. Saying, "I deserve this. I deserve this." What the hell are you on about, woman? Have some humility. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even going to go on the short video of her kind of dismissing a person that she's 
um, signing an, uh, an autograph for, and I'm not going to talk about the teacup, I'm not talking about celebrating the 12th goal against Thailand, but normal people with a degree of humility about them, um, if they score the fourth or the fifth or the sixth of a route, there is an inclination not to go charging off and running off. It was different last year when we beat Swindon because it, uh, when it was 4-1, I think Toff maybe scored or Matty Green scored the last goal and they celebrated. But that's because it had been 2-1 for quite a while. It was still a hard-fought game. In truth, the game on Saturday had been over as a contest from 47 minutes. Yeah, And if you look at some of the pictures, you'll see Bruno acknowledging taking the plaudits from teammates. They're all around each other. If you look at photographs from Huddersfield in midweek, Harry Anderson scored a crucial goal. You'll see Bruno climbing on his shoulders, celebrating with joy, right? So mm. as far as I'm concerned, there isn't a morale issue there. Going down the tunnel quickly, mm, do you know, just I'm not keen on that personally. And I think after he tried to do it at Rotherham and was pushed back by Lee Frecklington, possibly might have learned his lesson. Um, I'll accept Danny's, uh, explanation for now. And Danny, if you're listening, you know, I love you to pieces, but sometimes, you know, we do take the occasional thing with a pinch of salt. I think we do. You have to. Mm. A manager has yeah. certain things that he's got to say. You know when Danny's being realistic because he keeps talking and talking like he did last night with Bolton and Berry. You knew that was mm. from the heart. But he can be a little, he can be succinct when he's trying to get a message across. Oh, your animal's yeah. interjected tonight before mine has. I like that. Yeah, she's in the room, bless her. So no, um, I don't. I don't think there's a major issue. Um, I do think Bruno wants to play football. Uh, I don't think. I think he's played well whenever he's come on. I don't think there's been an issue with his with his performance. And you know, he's created the penalty for the goal against for a goal against Accrington. Scored against mm-hmm. Southend. I thought he drove forward well last night as well. You know, mm-hmm. if he was coming on and playing crap, there'd be we'd have a reason to diss him, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, as long as he's as long as he's being professional, as long as he's you know, like Danny says, as long as he's taking it in the um, in in the right way. You know, I think he's putting the team before himself, which is something that I've said about two different players already this season so far. Um, with you know him and Kian Bolger, when he was very clearly poorly in the first game, and he still came on and played. Um, I, I don't I don't see there as being a problem. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I, I think Bruno's going to be um, a key player again this season, and whether that's quite as key as he was last season, I'm, I'm not sure. But he's definitely he's definitely got the talent. He's got the ability to do it. I just hope that that little that little streak of petulance that we've seen, um, like away at Swindon last season and um, this season, when he's like I said, sort of had a bit of a a bit of a to do with Bozzy is is not going to come to the fore too much, but uh, a little wing, the best the best wingers have a little bit of that they do yeah. because they're cocky and they have to be cocky and you don't get that with Bruno when you talk to him face to face or on the phone doing an interview you don't get cockiness from him you get a level of humility and I think that the different traje- trajectory that he's taken to Raheem Sterling has forced him I don't know what he was like when he was a kid but has forced him to mm. be have a little bit of humility because he, he's been to the bottom and he's worked his way back up. And I respect to that in Bruno. He's not a Billy Big Time that's come straight from QPR to us and is swinging himself around the place like his mates with England internationals. He's not. And people are looking for issues. I don't really understand why they do. And I'm, I'm not responding to social media, as you know. I said that at the beginning of the season. I'm doing a decent job of it. But I don't know why we have to look for issues. I mean, a really a, a good friend of mine, and when I say this, I'm, I'm not dissing him. 
I got a message from him leaving the 4-0 win against Southend, okay? And if I find it quickly on my phone, and I know that these bits are never good to listen to, so I'm going to try and fill it while I open my phone up, uh, <laughs> badly by the sounds of things. Uh, so I got a, a message from him, uh, and I'm not going to say who it is because it's not fair. Uh, he'd heard Bruno was going to Pompey, and he's been, he's been acting Billy Big Bollocks over some trainers that he's got. Uh, and he's been hit by one of the other t- uh, squad members. Now, that is just hearsay. It's going from one person to another, to another, to another. Okay. But I don't understand why we're looking for that. We've just won 4-0 and Bruno has scored our fourth goal. Why are we looking to shoot someone down? Like with John last year. Why were we... Fans were... Some fans, not all fans, some fans were eager for John to miss that penalty at Notts County so they could come away mm. and say, I told you. I told you. We had it with Nathan for a while. You know, when Nathan first dropped out of the team, it was Nathan's been in and told Danny that he's not going to play, he thinks he's bigger than the club. Why do we have to try and find someone on the playing staff like that? You know? Yeah. If there is a problem, Danny will sort it. Okay? He will either drop yeah. the player. Okay, he's dropped Bruno, so who knows? But he will either drop the player, he will publicly address it, or he will privately address it, depending on who the player is and how it works. But yeah. it's not... Nothing's going to be solved by people saying, this guy's a problem, that guy's a problem, I've heard this. Who have you heard it from? Who have you heard it from? A guy who walked past the ground and looked in a window. Somebody who didn't actually hear it, just got up one morning and thought, I know what I'll do. I'll talk some crap on the internet and see who believes it. Yeah. So it's... um Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the, the danger. And, you know, Danny said it um publicly, he said it. On uh, on the radio, he said it at the fans forum as well. Social media is it brings out the absolute worst in people as well as bringing out a lot of good sides. And the, the problem is, is that a lot of a lot of social media is, is brought to the point or brought to the fore the fact that everybody um, has has a you know has their opinions. And I think I don't know if I'm alone in this, but the the dangerous word in in all of it is media because. It, it you know when you say media you assume it to be like oh you know like sky news or bbc news or like respected outlets um and then <laughs> sky news some, <laughs> respected yeah Sorry, carry on then. you know you know what i mean i was going to say you know, i was going to say some newspapers but i i yeah. fear i may give away my political persuasion if i do so <laughs> the sun um fuck off. um <laughs> sorry yes there will be swearing in tonight's podcast um yeah but um there's um there's that element of legitimacy when you put the word media in something and i think having people that that have these you know really outlandish opinions that that just want to get on and shout and scream at people is like well well it's my opinion and i'm allowed to say it whatever i want it's freedom of speech it's like yeah but but then you get into a whole other argument that i mean i'm i'm not going to have it here because it's you know it's it's a different topic for a different time and all the rest of it but well, well, um, all i say is Okay, we talk about social media being not at fault, but being the, the conduit by which uh, the Muppet communicates with the world, as well as being the conduit yeah. by which I work from home in my pajamas 60 hours a week uh, and how I'm sat in my kitchen now talking to you, recording a podcast. Do you know what I mean? So, all sorts of wonderful, <laughs> fantastic elements with this one element. I think they call it a, a, a silver lining on a cloud, but this is more like, yeah. you know, a black lining on a great big, huge ball of silver, in my opinion, because that's what social media is. But it's been around for years. And it's actually accessibility that's the issue now, because way, yes. way, way back when there was the Lincoln City list 
used to just be part of an email list. I don't know, again, if that's before your time. I I, do you remember before email, Ben, or, or not? Um, I remember before we got email. Um, I think I was on the on the old Lincoln City list. Actually, yeah, there we go. Of course, you were. I'm not. You're not six. I'm, I'm being silly. Um, so, but the, there was the Lincoln list, and the Lincoln list tended to be quite good. It tended to be reasonable argument, and it because you were sending it directly to somebody rather than just posting it for the world to see. And then there was message boards, and there used to be a fantastic message board on the club website. And I remember JV. I'll mention him. Don't care. I remember JV having to take the message board down because of idiots going on. And, do you know, one, and if he listens to this, I'm hoping I've already dissed Sky once, so this is a double whammy for him. But one of the worst offenders used to be Russ Taylor, who now works for Sky Sports News, right? Hmm. He used to be Ukrainian Russ on there. I'm 90% sure if I'm wrong, don't sue me. I'll apologize and we'll, we'll put it behind us. But I'm 90% sure he used to be Ukrainian Russ. And I used to disagree with him all the time because he used to talk an amazing amount of crap about players and about the team. Uh, and, and probably it was only opinion, but it wasn't out there in social media. Now, a, a new Ukrainian Russ or a new troll of some description can put something out there and it can be on Harry Anderson's phone while he's eating his dinner two minutes later, or it can be in yeah. Tom Pett's headset. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference. It's just the accessibility. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, long and sorry, Ron. Yeah, absolutely. Long and short of it, don't be a dick on the internet. I think that's probably the the easiest way of putting it. Just don't be a dick. There's no need. Just well, don't be a dick. yeah. Ollie yeah, Palmer, just... I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm sure he listens. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll move on to, um, to to Tuesday night, which was obviously. Going into it, we were sort of riding high. We'd not conceded. I think we were the only team in the EFL to not concede. And that was shattered within a minute and 12 seconds um, of, of of the game. Um, it was, I said at the time, I think it, personally, I thought it was a bit of a poor goal to concede. Um, there was acres of space in the middle uh, for, for the guy to run into. Um, and yeah, it, it it sort of set the tone for the evening in that I think um, we we were described as having a bit of a smash and grab away at Rotherham the other week. And I think the shoe was maybe on the other foot um, last night. Uh, I managed to, you know, we, we got it on iFollow. We watched it all. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it down because of work. But um, it was, I mean, it was a hell of a game to watch if you were a neutral, I imagine, <laughs> because it was, it was quite, uh, it was quite, well, attacking minded. I think um, MK did what they needed to do, and then once they'd once they'd gone two 0 up, that was it. As far as I was concerned, well, sorry, once they'd gone two one up, um, they you know that was it. They didn't need to they didn't need to push. They just needed to park the bus and make sure we couldn't get through. Um, and they did that with well with a real efficiency. I thought um, they did look absolutely knackered by the end of it. And I know Tomo on Radio Lincolnshire was saying exactly the same thing, that we look like this, the, the much fitter team. Um, and I, I personally still think that we could be playing right now still, and we wouldn't have scored. It was just one of those nights where it didn't go in, despite what I personally think was an excellent performance. Um, what about yourself? Hmm. Yes. Summed it up pretty well, to be honest. Uh, Crap goal to concede early doors. Not very mm-hmm. often, I wrote earlier, not very often that we are asleep when the other team come out, but we were, and, and that's what happened. Not 
there's no point in blaming uh, Danny on dropping Key and Bolger because I, I, no, I've no, seen I've, I've seen somebody say uh, I hope that Danny doesn't isn't going like other managers and having his favourites. The point he's not. He's picking what he believes is his best centre-half parent. And that's no disrespect to Kean because Kean is a very, very good footballer and a guy I, I quite like actually talking to him. He's quite down to earth. He's, he's more like me in personality than, uh, than a footballer. I think he's quite reserved and, you know, stays out of the, tries to stay at the back of a crowd, that sort of thing. Is it um, the ginger solidarity thing? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I, do you know, I mean, I, I spoke to him for the programme and, um, and we're digressing a little bit again, but he spoke of how he likes to be settled and his girlfriend's moved here and he was speaking to his neighbour and he went outside. He did, do you know what? He just came across to me just like a nice bloke. Don't want any hassle in his life. He's, you're not going to find him at the bar getting hammered. You're not going to see him on the dance floor at parties and all that sort of stuff. And I, I kind of respect that. He's quite focused. Um, and I was chatting to the South End guy in the press box on Saturday and he was saying how um, Bolger never used to give interviews at South End. He was that kind of shy and reserved and, and, and to one, yeah, out of the limelight. And I liked that. Um, mm. Top guy, going to be a very good defender for us when Shax does hang up his boots or when we do shuffle things around a little bit. But at the moment, he's going to have to bide his time. But anyway, not his fault. Nobody's fault that the goal went in other than the, the fact we were uh, half asleep. Uh, mm-hmm. We get back into the game. We're always going to get back into the game. Brilliant for Tyler Walker. Superb finish. Um, mm. Probably better than it would get credit for because of it, you know it wasn't a blast into the top corner, but very very clever finish. Um, and then they got back into a game with a goal that shouldn't have stood. And I'm not yes. going. I'm not. Being, I'm not being bitter about it because these things happen. And I would rather lose that game two one than have VAR in League One. So if we'd yeah. had VAR, that game that goal doesn't stand because they double check it and they go, is it a foul? It's debatable. Is he offside? Yes, he is. No goal. One all. If that game stays at one all, we go on and win it, in my opinion, because MK don't retreat quite as much. Um, but then maybe that's doing them a disservice because they were quick on the break. They were agile. Um, and when they did want to play, I thought that they were very good, but they tired very quickly, as you said. And as Steve Thompson said, incessantly, time and time again, um, they tired. And, mm. uh, and we didn't. Yeah, we played our game. We played the same that we have all all season, bar Rotherham. And I think with Rotherham, we you know we we had to grind out the result a little bit more. We had to play it a little bit longer at times. Um, yeah, I came away from I said I came away from MK Don's game in two thousand and six, and we lost three two at home. Easy McLeod was sent off, and anyone who's read my book will remember the story of uh, McLeod going for Casey after Casey goaded him at the side of the pitch, which was quite funny. But I came away from that game thinking, <laughs> Jesus, we've played well. And we've come away from that with our pride intact. And I think we've done that last night. And I know Danny was angry from the defensive point of view. And I know some fans were saying that we were a little bit um, wasteful in front of goal. But, you know, you, if you get in chances, you will eventually score. And I'll talk about XG in relation to the Doncaster game later on uh, in the pod. But our XG, which is expected goals, which all the people who like stats seem to mention now, so I thought I'd do it to stay in with the crowd. Um, our XG is very good this year, much better than it was last year. So we're getting in better chances. We're getting in better places to score. If you keep getting in those places to score, eventually you will score. So, yeah, take positives away from that. But like we said at the top of the pod, there's only one stat that ever matters, and that's goals. And you know, unfortunately, we didn't get as many as they did. So that's that. 
Yeah, and um, one thing that really did uh, irritate me last night was that um, a lot of people again seeming to have the knives out for for uh, for Big John, and I, I've got to say there were, in my opinion, I think John made possibly two errors last night. The first one was um, one that I think is possibly a little bit harsh to call an error because the ball came at him seemingly relatively quickly. Um, and then uh, he, I think he tried to, to back heel it and it, it didn't quite come off. Um, and just the frustration. Um, I think the frustration even got to, to Rob on the uh, on the commentary as well because he, he sort of said, oh, John, what are you doing? Um, and then the other one for me was when I think it was Anderson was making a, a bit of a run and as you know, as he always does, um, and then I think um, it looked like John just didn't quite make the move into the box at the right time, and it, it ended up like with a cross that didn't really go anywhere. Um, but other than that, I thought he had a really good game. Um, I thought the uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the um, the impact that he had. Um, he seemed to to really sort of put the frighteners on the uh, on the MK defence. They didn't really know how to handle him. They didn't know what to do with him. Um, and the only thing that I think that I would have possibly preferred to see last night is maybe um, having John and Tyler Walker play together. Um, I think it, it could have possibly left uh, Walker a little bit less isolated because he certainly seemed to be on his own towards the end of the game. Well, he... Uh, to, towards the end of his spell, sorry, um, and I just think I don't know. Maybe if if we'd have played two up front for the last half an hour or so, then we might have been able to to squeeze a winner. But then, who do you take off in that situation? And whole other can of worms there. But um, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you think anything could have been different? Or I, I I disagree a little bit. I'll be honest. I I didn't think John was that effective when he came on, um, and you know. I won't criticise for the sake of it, but at the same time, I'll, you know, I'll always be honest. I, I actually thought he made a couple of poor decisions, um, even one or two play- times where, where he, he's passed the ball, and I thought for a centre forward, should be having a dig there. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just, I don't think that he had the impact that we might like to have seen when he did come on. Um, we're not going to play Walker and Akindi up front for the same reason that we didn't play. Uh, Kindy and Green up front. I know that fans want to see two up front, but if you're going to accommodate Jack Payne in that team, we're not going to play two up front. You're always going to have Payne sat behind a main striker. It's that simple. So if if somebody once says to me, why don't we start with Walker and Akindy up front, then I'll say back to them, well, why don't we start with Jack Payne on the bench? And I know which one I certainly prefer. I, I get the point about going go for broke in the, in the final stages, all that sort of stuff. We've got another big game on Saturday. You leave Tyler Walker on for the last 20 minutes. It's a proven fact that scientifically that muscle strains, tears, all that sort of thing happen in the last 15 to 20 minutes of games when uh, a player begins to become dehydrated, has lost Mo- they lose more of their body weight in sweat in the last 20 minutes of the game than they do in any other side part of the game. So you've got to protect the key players, especially with a squad of 18. So for me, mm-hmm. Walker came off at exactly the right time. You know, one game, a game is just a, a snapshot of a season and we were still trying to win it, but it's not like it was the last game of the season where we needed a win to go up. And I, I think, I personally, I think he made the right decision. I think he, he made the right call when he did. 
and I think let's face it. I mean, here we are. Here I am saying that John didn't have a great game, and you are saying that you know you are saying that we should have had two up top, but we were still hitting the bar in the last minute. So yeah. you know. The, when it's not one of those where you can where you can shrug and go well we've done everything we can because we haven't we could have scored another goal and I know that sounds ridiculous but you know we haven't done everything we could have done because we've lost the game and we won a game there in April and MK Dons for me were probably better last night they are better now than they were last season you would expect them to be with the players that they've signed but oh definitely yeah the it shows how much the tide has turned when Paul Tisdale is saying that they were hanging on against us because we always hung on against Exeter when Tisdale was there. You know, I said it in the playoff semi-finals, they were a lot better than us with a lot better players. Mm. And a majority or, or, or the core of his Exeter squad, Boateng, Boateng uh, there was um, a couple of other lads who have obviously gone on to, to MK Dons. He's, he's kind of rebuilt his Exeter side there. And we, are, we were mm. by far the better team. I know we lost the game. Uh, no, they they did what they do very well. I'm not taking anything away from them, but for me, the, how the game panned out was another example of our progress. We will win and lose games all season, but if we lose games playing yeah. like that and win games playing like that, we'll be in the top ten. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it was. It was a. I, I was actually really pleased with with Tisdale's comments. Actually, I thought he was. Uh, he spoke very highly of us after the game, and it was uh, it was nice to see that from an opposing manager. And I think Tisdale's always been. I think he's always been quite fair when he's done his um, when his post match uh, uh, when it's come to us. But, I've really liked um, as, a, as an opposition manager in this division. There are a few that I passionately dislike. Carl Robinson, I think, is is a complete and utter clunge. Uh, Joey Barton <laughs> is a div. Do you know what I mean? There's managers that I passionately don't like. I don't like Kevin Bond at Southend either. Um, quality mm. story from one of their press let's say so I won't, won't be telling saying who they were 3-0 down or whatever against Blackpool the other week and they, they printed a picture of Bond with his head in his hands and um, the, this person said to me that his paper had received a call from Kevin Bond saying well, uh, when you put photos of me in your paper in future can you make sure they're ones where I look determined not uh, disconsolate so oh, amazing. do you know what I mean and I'd for me, I don't like him. I really like Tisdale. I always think he's honest. Not not particularly the, the tactics he plays or anything like that. Um, as a personality. Just as a person, yeah, yeah. I like him, I do. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll touch on um, on Danny's post-match comments because I think, I think really that was some of the biggest news to come out of last night was was when he uh, when he had a, a passionate, let's call it a rant. I think it was, it was, Withheld. I think he, he spoke really well. I don't think he did delve into the uh, the realms of having a rant, but I think it was a, a really it needed to be said. Um, you know, in terms of what's happening with with the EFL and Berry and Bolton, and I think some people will sit there and go, "Oh, it's just a distraction from the fact that we lost." I mean, it, it may well be the case, but I think the way that he spoke about the situation, the way that um, he he got his point across, and I think. Um, the the point where some people have said, you know, that he was someone was trying to wrap it up, and he said, no, no, no keep it rolling, keep it running, or whatever it was he said. Um, that was because the the club's periscope stream of uh, of the press conference that they normally do afterwards, from what I understand, they actually cut it off 
at that point where he'd said about, you know, anyone that comes into a club with previous businesses where he's been asset stripping, um, the club cut the cut the feed off at that point. So um, I've, I've got to say credit to, you know, credit to Rob for um, for letting that run and letting the letting Danny just speak on the situation. Um I think we're all aware. Anyone that lis- that's listened to this podcast before is, is aware of, of mine and Gary's feelings on the matter. Um, and I think Danny really shone a spotlight on it for people that aren't too familiar with it. Um, and obviously, it was in the um, in the mind of us having to play a team that didn't have a game in midweek um, due to the actions of Bolton. But I think it's highlighted really how frustrating it is. Um, for for managers, and um, I know Joey Barton's had his uh, his two pence worth this week as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, your your thoughts on on the, the comments afterwards, and I, I personally, I think it was spot on. Yeah, <clears throat> we haven't really spoken, or we can't have spoken about the, the most recent Bolton situation because obviously they only cancelled the game on on Monday or whenever it was or Sunday. Yes, um, that is ridiculous. Um, yes, because. They're competing in the football league. They're talking about welfare of the young players, but they were happy to put the young players in the firing line um, from the start of the season. It's got nothing to do with the welfare of the players, no matter what they say. It's got everything to do with the fact they've conceded 10 goals in two games. And in my opinion, what I think that the people who are currently looking at, at Bolton, and I don't know who's postponed it, but whoever is looking after Bolton, I think believes that they might be able to stay in League One if the takeover goes through, but not if they keep losing 5-0. Because if they lost again to Doncaster, and then again at the weekend, and then do you know, they, they would start losing games significantly. Now, we're already talking about these kids being tired. I, I don't buy it. They have, would have no problem in playing those kids on under-23 games twice a week or anything like that. You know, they're, they're saying their kids are 12 mm. or 13. You know, these are 18, 19-year-olds. For me... Yeah. You're either in the league or you're not. I hope that they get hit with a points deduction um, because I think mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Uh, Doncaster are really set to suffer because they're due to play Berry next week. And it's all right having this time off, but you've got to squeeze these games in later in the year. And when the pitches are heavy and your squad's picked up more injuries, I know Danny moans about the fixture congestion now and probably with some, you know, with some decent claim but you know football fortune has actually shined on us otherwise we'd have a week off next week and you know if we because yeah. of next week we're going to have money in the bank so i get the angle and that but i just think that what bolton have done is is just ridiculous just utterly ridiculous the fact that they've even been allowed to do it danny's quite right the league is a farce and i was sat on the sofa listening mm. to the words coming out i couldn't believe that that he was saying it and i'm not surprised the club cut the official feed I'm really not. And this morning I, I was asked to write about it for Football League World. And I, I, I knew we had to write about it. But I cut all references of having a go at the EFL out because that doesn't, you know, Football League World are connected to the EFL. And I just felt for a while until it was all over and it was all over news now by 11 o'clock. But until that point, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be the one that pours the petrol on the fire. But once the fire's going, I'll go yeah. and get warm. Do you know what I mean? And then I've released my a couple of other articles. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be the one that does that. Danny will be getting a call from the EFL. Yeah. There, there'll be there'll be a yeah. fine to pay, but guaranteed it won't go to Bolton or Berry. So. Yeah, and I think that was you know my reaction was exactly the same as yours, sitting on the sofa, listening to the radio, going, "Is this 
is this actually being said? Because this is this is the most impassioned, you know, um, impassioned that I've seen Danny outside of a, a, a sort of exclusively club matter um, in in uh, well a long long time. He's um, it, I mean, it obviously made national news. I think it, it made um, Sky Sports news before the, the evening was out because he said a similar thing on uh, on the Sky Sports uh, news interviews as well after the game. Um, but yeah, he's he's absolutely spot on. It it seems to me like it's fairly obvious why Bolton have postponed that game. It's because they want to get somebody to take over the club. They want to strengthen the squad, and then they want to play all of the postponed fixtures that they might have to face with a strengthened team. That's very low level conspiracy theory there, but I, I think that's the obvious solution. Well, that's the obvious answer to why they're doing if, it. Um, if Tranmere and Doncaster went into the final game of the season and Tranmere stayed up on goal difference, would Doncaster have a legal argument? I think they probably could do. Um, because I've heard again from uh, one of my sources that if Berry do go pop, and Bolton weren't to compete in the league as well, another club chairman from that area who was budgeted for two local derbies against those clubs is going to sue the EFL for loss of earnings. I I probably have an idea of who that chairman is, and I cannot blame him whatsoever. Um, because, yeah, he's it's they would be huge games. And the club's not there. But, I mean, to be fair, depending on how things go on Friday, I think this is potentially a discussion for a, a podcast, maybe all on yeah, its own. Yeah, very They very are going to be a football league club this time next week, sadly. But that's a fact. Steve Dale's got no intention of saving them. For whatever reason, Steve Dale is running that club into the ground. And I don't know why. Does he want Gig Lane for housing? Can he do that? There's something there that's motivating him. Has he suddenly conjured up debt? Well, the thing that's motivating him, the thing that's motivating him at the moment is the fact that his son-in-law is the um, the, the sole director of the company that's doing the administration. And his, his son-in-law, they founded that company less than a month ago. And RCR Holdings. Yeah, they founded the company less than a month ago. And, you know, his son-in-law is the sole director and that company is now claiming that Berry FC owe them £7 million. In addition to Dale claiming 3.7. And it was only the um, the people who look after the CVA that concluded that his 3.7 was part of the 7.1. Otherwise, he would have been trying to claim even more out of it. But look, this is a Lincoln City podcast. Sorry, yeah. And we've, we're on <laughs> We're on 40 minutes already and we haven't covered um, Jack Mulhall's question about Bozzy with a beard or no beard. Uh, beard. But can you remember what that was? Beard. Was it beard or no beard he asked us to talk about? <laughs> I mean, if it was, it's absolutely beard all the way. Beard and long hair. He yeah. looks like a monster. Yeah, I think beard and long hair. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of looking like an extra from Game of Thrones. It's uh, obviously what I want to try and do myself. So I feel a certain... <laughs> Kindred spirit with Bozzy. Um And I also quite liked in the Football League paper this week. I don't know. I'll read a, a quick snippet of this. I've got it next to me. It's just come to me. It's quite funny. You know, they do the, the teammates bit and they, they talk to a player in the Football League paper about their teammates. Yeah. And this is Tom Pett. And they've said to Tom Pett, who's the teacher's pet? And he's put, 
probably Michael Boswick. One reason is because you don't want to get on the wrong side of him, so everyone allows him to do what he wants. He never gets <laughs> into trouble. I don't remember the gaffer ever telling him off. Him or Neil Erdley, who seems to get a lot of Mondays off. <laughs> I, just think, I just think that's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Like you walk into a room and there's, there's dirty handprints all over the wall and you've got Tom, Harry Toffolo and Michael Boswick there with paint on their hands and Danny goes in. It's like, Tom, get, get out outside. Now I'm going to stand by the wall. Harry, get outside and stand by the wall. Bozzy, I can't believe these two have led you astray. You go wash your hands and get yourself a chocolate bar. <laughs> It reminds me of the, um, the, have you ever seen, there's a video of Lee Sharp um, talking at uh, like an after dinner speech um, and he's talking about when Cantona got uh, sent off against Crystal Palace. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he kung fu kicked the fan and he's um, he's saying, oh, this is going to be brilliant, lads. Just keep your heads down and shut up because this is going to be magic. Ferguson comes into the room, tears strips off every single player that made a mistake in the game and it gets to Cantona and he just goes, and Eric... Can't be doing that, son. <laughs> it's just amazing. Well, um, there you go. How many other podcasts are ever going to compare Michael Boswick to Eric Cantona? <laughs> anyway, we well, should. Uh, we should I was going to say we should move on a little bit. Um, yes, and uh, and let's preview because uh, we've got an away trip to Donny and slight spoilers from last week. You said you fancy us for this one. Yeah, possibly. Um, then they went and beat Fleetwood 3-2 and got a, a Wednesday night off or Tuesday night off. So, um, And I've done some uh, done look at their team. Um, I think I said that I fancied them after they played with a 4-1-4-1, something like that. Anyway, they're going to play 4-2-3-1, which is quite a popular formation these days. It's basically what we play. So it's going to be like for like across the park. Um, there is an ex-imp in their side, actually. Uh, and it will be a quiz question if anyone can remember how Tom Anderson came to play for Lincoln. Um, and now I'm going to ruin it. He came on loan in Burnley while we were in the National League and played six games. It was very good uh, centre-half. Uh, so he's going to be playing at the back. Decent player, actually. He's had a decent career since he's left us um, and he came on loan. For me, the heartbeat of their team is the two in front of the back four. Ben Whiteman is one. He was a key player for them last season getting to uh, the playoffs. Very, very good footballer. Seven-figure bid came in from Hull City in the week running up to the transfer deadline, but there was no way Darren Moore wanted to sell him. Uh, And he's got a lad called Ben Sheaf next to him uh, who uh, is on loan from Arsenal. A very technically good footballer, very much, in my opinion, like Joe Morrell, uh, only rather than coming from Bristol City, he's come from Arsenal. So gives you an idea of, of what sort of talent he's got. Um, so they're going to be they're going to be quite hard to break down going forward. Uh, they've got a lad. I personally wondered when Danny went over to Ireland, if he had been watching this player, Kieran Sadlier. Now, Sadlier can play more or less anywhere across that that bank of three. So think playing out wide in a in a uh, George Grant or a Harry Anderson role, playing in a Jack Payne role. He's also played up top, started the first game of the season for Doncaster up top and got their goal. Um, so he's going to be a threat. He's likely to play on one of the flanks this week. James Coppinger, who I think is older than me, um, has now scored in 15 seasons consecutive he will probably play behind a striker and the striker will either be Niall Ennis or it'll be Keziah Sterling. Sterling's on loan from Spurs. Young lad. They were thinking that he might get near the Spurs first team, but he hasn't. He was at Sunderland last year on loan towards the end of the season and scored once. Um, So they've actually put a decent squad together. 
Um, they play quite a nice passing game. Um, they will beat Fleetwood 3-2. In actual fact, Barton's side had uh, more possession and better chances. Uh, they had a better XG than, than Doncaster. So, to be honest, that win looks a little bit like our win at Rotherham did. In the, you know, they, they kind of ground it out, but they ground it out at home, conceding two goals. They did play a really strong side in the EFL Cup. And I'm talking Whiteman, I'm talking Anderson, I'm talking Sheaf. You know, they had... 90% of a first team out and got beat 1-0 at Grimsby. So that's worth thinking about as well. Um, keep talking about um, XG. Uh, their expected goals at home uh, is 1.21. It's better than, than their away and their average is lower than that. Our XG away from home is 1.52, which means that away from home, we're still creating better chances than they are at home. But a lot of that is from the Huddersfield game because we absolutely smashed the XG in Huddersfield. Um, when we played Rotherham, our only league, our XG was at 0.31. So it's going to be interesting because for me, this is the first serious test that we're going to have in the league uh, away other than Rotherham because mm. obviously we've played away in the league. Okay, played MK Dons. I haven't checked the XG from that last night, but this is a massive, massive test. This is more akin Rotherham than MK Dons. So... Um, it's going to be a really interesting fixture and I'll do a, a preview uh, on the site with lineups and all that sort of stuff, but I'm actually going to go for a draw now, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I'd, I'd be happy with a draw. I'd be happy if we took um, if we took a point from it. Um, mind you, I also said that I would be ecstatic with a draw against Rotherham and, and look what happened there. Um, I think, like you say, it's it's a really interesting fixture. It's a really interesting game that's going to um, that's going to play out, and yeah, I'm um, I'm not sort of going in, you know, with with blazers of confidence, but I'm not saying that we're going to get hammered either. But um, anyway, um, one thing I've just remembered that we forgot to do a little bit earlier is actually um, play back some audio that uh, that Jake took after the South End game. So um, we'll we'll put that in now because it's uh, you know why not <laughs> better time than uh, than any. And uh, when we come back from that, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more. So here we go. Thank you, Ben and Gary. Well, I caught up with some supporters after the club's four 0 win over Southend. Well, uh, obviously four uh, 0 today. Shaq will come back into the team. How do you think he got on? Yeah, very well, very well. Um, thought it was a bit brave to take Bozzy out and and split that pairing up, but um, like Wilco just said you can't leave Shackle out. Yeah, he's obviously he's come on and scored today. He's sort of shown a real captain's performance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's uh, quality, quality, quality signing. Commands the back, the back line. Yeah, we uh, we need him. <laughs> and Toffolo even got on the score sheet. You know, he don't get on the score sheet very often, but he played well again today. Oh, Toffolo is one of my favourites. Is it? Yeah, he is. He's a nice bloke, great player, and yeah, I don't think he, he probably meant the goal. It looked like yeah. a bit of a toe poke, but. Oh, the goal's take, goal. yeah. And obviously Tyler's come in and scored his first goal of his loan spell. How crucial is that as a centre forward to get that first goal? Yeah, to get off the mark. Yeah, yeah, very crucial. He's uh, he's he's been in the right place at the right time, just not fallen for him, but probably a penalty is the best way to get up and running and uh, and yeah, get going. And we spoke about Bruno, you know, he looked looked like he might be off, but well taken goal and he's come on and scored. Yeah, yeah, he's uh uh, it's a toughie, isn't it? We, uh, I think in the wide areas, we are a little bit short, so it'd be sad to see him go, but 
Then you got to look at Georgie Grant. Got another assist today. That's four. That's four for the season. Yeah, Georgie Grant. He's, uh, he he done he does things that, that that come off, and you don't think it's ever going to come off. And turns the player inside out. Crossfield ball. Yeah. He's got it all in his locker. Really. Three games played, three wins. Yeah. Are we going up? Uh, I'd say. Um, don't want to say you don't want to go up, but I don't think we're kitted out to go up just as yet. But where we're going, who knows? <laughs> Cheers, Luke. Thank you very Brilliant. much. Yeah. So obviously, Chris, we won four 0 today. Uh, Shackle coming into the the side. Uh, how do you think that went? I think it went well. When we saw the team sheet, we just saw Shackle in, assumed Bosie had been dropped, and then saw that obviously O'Connor had got dropped. Um, I mean, Shackle's just a monster, isn't he? And I thought Bolger, again, credit to him, he's been outstanding all season and he's continued to, to do that today. I thought he was just gigantic at the back. And Toffolo, obviously, yeah, may have his critics, but he's, he's got on the score sheet today. Not, you know, How do you think he, he did today? I think he's brilliant. I don't know who's being a critic of his, to be honest. Maybe he, me. <laughs> he, he bombs up and down that touchline. Like, he's just awesome. Um, great goal. I think he sort of stumbled his way through a little bit, but it was a good, good goal. Important second goal as well, at, at a good time, um, and I think that just killed them, killed the game. And then, how important is it for Tyler getting his first goal of his loan spell? I think it's really important. We've been saying that for the last couple of weeks. I hope he gets a goal, and he's got it today. Hopefully, he'll, he'll go on a bit of a run now. Um, I mean, you've got to be something to keep someone like a Kindy out. I'm yeah, a massive Kindy fan. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think he's, his movement's unreal. You know, when he's not got the ball, he's stretching those defenders all over the place. They don't know what to do. And like, the three behind him. I mean, it's just yeah, especially Jack Payne, and then obviously Bruno come on and scored. You know, didn't celebrate. Maybe that's a farewell. I we've been saying since before the sort of um, close of last season, we'd be lucky to keep him. Yeah. I've still got a part of me thinks he might still go before the window shuts. I hope not. I mean, crikey, if we can keep him, what a, what a squad we've got with it, with or without Bruno. Yeah. But he does offer us so much, and he's. He's so clever, and there was a couple of times it's just touches are just un- unreal. And it was a great goal, great bit of, and actually for that goal, I think it was Kindy, big, Kindy yeah. big shout for Big John for that yeah. because he did brilliantly then. And um, you know, I thought he did some. Kindy had some good touches today, and I hope he gets a bit of confidence and gets a, gets a game over the next few weeks as well. And we have to address facts. We are top of the league after four, after three games. Are we confident? Are we going to stay up there? I don't know. I mean, I've heard Gary and a few others say about not looking at the league table yet, but when can we look at it? Because I think if we were if we played three, lost three, and we're at the bottom, you can bet we'd be talking about Absolutely, it. Yeah. And I think the league table doesn't lie. Whatever day of the week it is, or however many games you're in, I mean, what have we put three games, scored, what, nine, ten goals, none conceded? I think perfect start, really. Isn't it's it? a perfect start. I mean, we will have difficult bumps along the way no yeah. doubt about it um, you've got to temper the enthusiasm and the expectation but we're top of the league and why not That's celebrate it it's brilliant thank you very much Chris right, so Wilco obviously 4-0 today uh, sort of first eyebrows are raised in the, in the team selection when Shackle came back in how do you think he got on today I thought Shackle was excellent um, Boswick does a fantastic job um, he shored up midfield but we were a little bit slow on the ball in the first half but that's not a fault of Boswick's. We just looked really, really solid. And then second half, we passed it so, so well. 
but Shackle came back in. He's too good a player to be sat on a bench. Yeah, Toffolo, he's got his critics, specifically me, but you know he's, he's come on and scored today. He played really well as well. Come on and scored. He got a proper telling off at the end of midway through the second half from Bolger and from Shackle as well. So he clearly did something wrong defensively, but it's 4 0. We've kept another clean sheet. And how important was it for Tyler to get his first goal of his loan spell today? Really first got first goal is always important for strikers. Really it? important. I think he's played really, really well. He's given us something else up front. He runs the channels, he holds the ball up. Uh, I thought they tried their best to scuff the penalty spot up their goalkeeper and Cox, their 10, was trying to put him off but he rose above it and he'll be a better player for scoring a goal. And then Bruno coming on and doing what Bruno does really. Bruno took it well. Uh, I'm not sure how much more we'll see of Bruno. I think there might be a bit of a... Yeah, do you think his no celebration was goodbye? I or? think his no celebration and his, his waving to the crowd might have been uh, a goodbye but if we get some decent money for him, good luck. And we do have to address facts. We are top of the league. Four wins from four, no goals conceded. Are we going up? I think we might be. I think we're certainly looking playoff contenders. Yeah. Um, pain and morale, tremendous. So just playing some really, really good football. Just a quick word on Everton drawing, you know, beating Huddersfield at the cup. That was that was just another Danny. It's come to expect that now from our football club. Aren't we? Yeah, Danny and Nicky spend the extra money wisely. Let's have the telly down here and uh, let's give Everton a run for the money. Okay, there we go. That's the thoughts of some uh, some imps after the South End game. Um, so we've covered pretty much everything and we did realize actually that because there was a game the following week we didn't cover mk last week so we've got a game next week um on wednesday and it's just a little game you may have may have seen that the tickets are on sale for it now but uh we've got everton in the cup now we've we've had a little chat beforehand and we've said that it, it doesn't probably bode well to do a, a full in-depth preview because it's it's a hard one to do a preview for really having you know a, a Premier League team. Um, we don't know how they're going to line up. We don't know what team they're going to bring. Uh, we don't know how we're going to line up. Um, but I mean, it's an exciting one, isn't it, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, it's all that build up for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free hit, and it? it's um, <laughs> like you say. I, I mentioned, oh, we should do a pod on Sunday for it, and you kind of said, well, what can we preview? And he's just proven it. You can't really. At the end of the day, the result doesn't actually matter. Dare I say? Um, no. You get the reward when they come out of the hat, not when they take to the pitch, because it will be a full house. It'll be money in Danny's pocket. Um, the best thing that could happen is that we get a, a result. <laughs> the second best thing that could happen is that we get through the game without any picking up any injuries mm-hmm. uh, and, and concentrate then on the on the league. It'll be a nice night. I was there when we played um, Everton back in 93, 94, and you know, they brought a strong squad that night. Uh, but it, it's always a good occasion when a Premier League team comes to Sinsel Bank. Um, and if I remember correctly, is it? Crystal Palace, did we say there was Crystal Palace and there was... Um, it was Southampton. We had this chat last Southampton week. Southampton as well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's why I was kind of thinking, <laughs> I think there was another team. So it's been a while. It's been a long while since we've had a proper Premier League team, not an under-21 side or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Even the Liverpool friendly that we played in uh, in 06, 07 was, was a decent occasion. Uh, this is going to be... Yeah, I'm, I'm not one to celebrate an occasion. Football's a game. You go out and win or lose. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it, it makes me cringe a little bit when I say it's a nice occasion, isn't it? Uh, but it is. It'll be, it, it will be. Yeah, it's a good day out. 
Yeah, no, I fuck it. I hate it. I hate it. We'll have a good day out, won't we? Well, it depends. If, you, if you're if you of a certain type of fan, you'll have a good day out and not remember it because you'll stuff some of Columbia's finest up your nose and, and completely forget the game. Um, <laughs> if it's a day out like I have, you'll stress out about where you're gonna, how you're going to get there, stress out about where you're going to park, moan that you can't drink even though you never drink anyway, watch a game of football and then come away. So, uh, <laughs> and if you win, about right. And if you win, it's a good day out because you've won. And if you don't win, you think, could have sat at home, kind of playing with my dog. <laughs> yes, dog, before you say anything else. <laughs> I wasn't going to suggest anything. I wasn't going to suggest anything at all. Anyway, um, that's probably a, a decent spot to wrap it up. We're pushing 50, well, we've gone over 50 minutes, um, mainly due to, to a couple of, uh, of, of Cowley-esque rants about uh, situations. But... Um, before we go, just want to say that actually this, we realised before, like just before we were coming out on air, uh, on air, on, to record, um, this is actually the first anniversary of the Stacey West podcast. So thank you very much to everybody that's um, that's downloaded and subscribed and has, has come up to us at games and said hello or said, oh, I reckon, you know, been sat in a chair and, and talking to my wife and someone goes, oh, I recognise that voice. And, oh, Christ, here we go. Um, I even had somebody say hello in the toilet at the game on Saturday, which was a very strange, uh, very strange situation because I didn't, I didn't recognise them, and they said, "Oh, hello." I'm like, "Okay," um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been good fun so far. Uh, we're going to keep it going for as long as we uh, as long as we feel that we can, or until Gary starts to hate me even more. Um, no, and we've it's... going past that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. You're such a prick. Hello. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we still really enjoy doing it and hopefully you guys still enjoy listening to it. So thank you to everybody that's, uh, that's subscribed so far. If you do enjoy it, drop us a review as well on, on iTunes or wherever it is you listen, because we've said it before, it does actually genuinely help kind of push us up the rankings a little bit. We're getting, we're getting decent numbers at the minute as well. So it'd be much appreciated. Um, any, any thoughts on our one year, Gary? Yeah, it seems, seems long away, to be honest. No, <laughs> I've really enjoyed it, actually. It's flown by. It really has. I uh, I must admit, sometimes on a Wednesday, I get to a point, you know, it gets to tea time, I think, oh, I'm going to sit around in my pants playing on the PlayStation eating chocolate. And they say, oh, God, I've got to go and talk to Ben, haven't I, for 50 minutes about football. And then we start recording and I look down and we're at 53 minutes. And I think, I've still got, we've still got loads more to say here. So I forget sometimes that we're recording. I actually just think that I'm talking to a mate for 50 minutes about football. So, um, yeah, the fact that people listen still kind of surprises me quite a bit. So thank you, yeah. everybody, for listening. You know, it's the same with the blog. I, I, you know, anybody that takes time to indulge in content that, that we create, whether it be my written stuff, our podcast, anything like that, it's it's phenomenal. Um, so thank you very much. Absolutely. So... Um, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. We will see you guys. He's up. He's up. Say again. Keith Alexander Memorial Tournament at Ruston's this oh, weekend. Sunday. I'm actually meant to be doing an article on it for a good, good friend of mine, Tony Smith, who's I'm on the supporters board with. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get time to even do it. I'm, I'm really pushed for time. Um, but yeah, that's well, well worth checking out. Uh, Damien Frogger put an awful lot of hard work into it. Damien is he's a really committed member of Lincoln City staff. I've got no end of time for. Um, so please go along and support that in memory of Keith uh, and and get involved. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd, that had completely slipped my mind, actually. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely go along and support if you can. Um, it's it's always worth it um, for memory of the big man. So, right, that's going to do us then. Um, are you going to Donny on Saturday? Uh, I may still be going to Donny on Saturday, yes. Um, it depends on certain things, let's say. Okay, fair enough. Say no more. Um, yeah, I'm yes, sorry, if you're going to, but it's hard for me to commit right now. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, if if you are going, say hello. Um, if you're not going, then you know, enjoy this podcast, listen to the radio, and uh, hopefully we'll come away with three points and avenge Tuesday night. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable no, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.